1: Hey, comedy fans, don't miss Comedy Day Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park. Noon till 5. It's free! You'll see 44 or more comedians. 44 comedians, 5 hours. That's over 8.5 comedians an hour. That's silly. Ever see a half a comedian? Yes, a half-wit. Not funny, but Comedy Day will be a guaranteed laugh a minute. Let's see, a laugh a minute times 5 hours. That's 300 jokes. That's a lot of jokes, folks. (laughs) why are these people laughing? I don't know. Maybe because they know Comedy Day will be better than the shoelaces of Madagascar exhibit. Better than the Paperweight weighers of the World Convention. Better even than the Alien Sheep Herding Contest. And speaking of herding, heard any good ones lately? Okay, not funny again, but Comedy Day will be. Don't miss punchlines like these. A frog in a blender, in your hat, to keep his pants up. Comedy Day is worth the price of a mission because it's free. Nothing to buy, no operators waiting for your call. Void, we're prohibited by law. Comedy Day. Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams. Medal in Golden Gate Park. It's free! Visit ComedyDay.org for complete details.
2: Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs.
4: It's eight o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for PamTastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Where does the time go? How does it get away from us? So quickly in between shows, yay! Uh, I'm your host of the night, uh, Pam Benjamin here, trying to figure out what's going on, waiting for the throngs of people to arrive. Also, the comedians—that's exciting. Uh, tonight's going to be a little weird because I'm going to be dividing up my set a little bit. I have to—I have to fucking record my set. I hate—I hate being videotaped. I absolutely detest it, but. have to do it tonight because I'm auditioning for a a show in Little Rock, Arkansas. So in the middle of the set, it'll get weird because I'm just going to be doing a bunch of clean material and you'll be very confused and surprised. Uh, And I hope that you all laugh because I could get paid real money and I could go to Little Rock, Arkansas for Thanksgiving and... And do a bunch of sets wouldn't that wouldn't that be funny i know for money could 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 you imagine can you imagine so uh even if the room is just filled with comics during my second set please laugh and pay attention so that i can get this job in little rock arkansas my board op isn't here yet that's okay um you know there's actually two audience members which is or three that's incredibly surprising here for fantastic comedy Clubhouse. that's super exciting Uh, so we're gonna listen to a little bit of Floating Goat and then we'll be right back with all the jokes folks very exciting yay yay no that not for this set no i'm gonna steve bogey recommended that i do it for the third set of the night because there might actually be people here and they'd be warmed up at that point and he's trying to help me get an actual my buddy's a national headliner and he has the opportunity to perform over thanksgiving in little rock arkansas and so he's trying to throw me a bone it's actually the first bone that anyone's ever thrown me in the history of my entire life this is no i'm not even kidding this is the first time anyone's ever said hey pam i like you i'm gonna help you out and so i sent him my tapes and he was like oh i can't give those to little rock arkansas and i was like but the second one was like clean i did that he's like you have the police state joke he's like you can't He's like, you gotta throw softballs at these people. They're like from Little Rock, Arkansas. They just walked off the street to pay 15 bucks for comedy and they just don't wanna hear about your second abortion. And I was like, are you, but they, what is it not? He's like, Pam, no, you have to lob easy. He's like, let them get, make him easy. Let him knock him out of the park. He's like, no abortions. He's like, you can't have any cum in your face. Don't even say the word cum. He was like, really the feminist stuff is still a little edgy. He's like, I'm abor-. He says, No abortion material. I can't make fun of Jesus. He's like, Oh, please don't make fun of Jesus. I'm like, What do people make fun of in the Midwest? I thought that people made fun of things they believed in. They don't do that there. They're like, No, I really believe in Jesus. <laughs> like, I actually believe in him. He's like, Strike me down. Anyways, I'm going to try to do clean jokes later tonight and we'll see. No swearing, no sex. Drugs. There's got to be drugs. Like, how do you tell jokes without anything interesting? Do I just talk about TV? Is that what you do? You're just like, hey, do you watch other things? Can we like connect on something that has nothing to do with it? The Bachelor. Let's talk about that. Actually, I don't even watch that shit. The worst thing I watch right now is Downton Abbey. Anybody like Downton? This is what my hairstyle is after. I'm wearing a Downton Abbey 1920s sort of hat. I've basically turned my hair into a hat without a veil. Yes, it's down to Abbey. It's very 1925, England. This is rich people. It's fun. I, I I turned 44 this week, and I realized you know I had like a nervous breakdown as I do every year, because I was like, oh, I haven't accomplished anything, and I'm just a disappointment to everybody and stuff. But then I started thinking like, oh my god. What if this was 100 years ago? What if this was 1918? What if this was Downton Abbey times? Wow, then I'd really be a disappointment. Like, wow. And then I thought, because they don't let you do anything. Like You can't have, they're like, you can't even, You can't even talk to a boy without having an interest of marriage. That's my Maggie Smith impression. But then I thought, like, what about 1818? What if I was in 1818? What kind of disappointment would I be then? But then that would be not at all because I actually work hard. And that's what they did in 1818 because you couldn't be depressed because you just were trying to keep yourself alive. You didn't have time. It's in downtown. Be Oh, I'm so depressed. I don't know what to do with my life. I just feel so unaccomplished because I just haven't. It's because you have nothing to do. You don't have to churn butter and mend clothing and, like, feed yourselves. Rich fucks. That's why in eighteen eighteen it might not have been so bad. But then I thought, what if it was seventeen eighteen? What if it was seventeen eighteen and I'd be dead because I'd be a witch. <laughs> I know how to read. Ah, kill her. She's a witch. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm the worst. I'm. This is a. This is a. Something telling me to do something. It says that was something that didn't happen today. Yeah, that's the thing is I set myself alarms for things to happen, for them to happen, right? And at 3.30 today, I was supposed to meet a person about, she gave me a cat last week and then she needed something back and so I changed my whole schedule and didn't have fun. Instead, I waited there and oh, like she didn't show up. <laughs> of course not, of course people in San Francisco, you make plans and you just say, fuck them, <laughs> fuck your plans. I'm like, but I actually believe in plans no and that that's the problem is that like your when your life choices and things uh, make no sense with reality there's there's just there's no integrity left in San Francisco and buddy you guys showed up that's good people make they say they're going to show they don't show up it's flaky i thought san diego was flaky man i don't even know people's last names here <laughs> like that's at least there they like pretend. They put you in their phone and you put the first and last name in the phone and then they never talk to you again. But here it's like you keep seeing them over and over and you just don't know their last names or where they live. But you certainly know about their dogs and what, kind, what they like to drink. Anybody else, anybody else like to drink? I just figure that's the thing. San Francisco is just a bar community. That's all we do. We just go to bars. And there's nothing wrong with that because our houses are so small. How would we hang out inside them? <laughs> You've got to go to them. Right, like there's. What are we going to invite people over to hang out on my love seat? (laughs) I've got like two, two people can maybe comfortably seat, and now there's there's a cat. So watch out, cat. The cat takes precedence to everyone. So I'm I'm just that was I'm just gonna that was a tiny thing. I was just gonna do a little bit, but we're all gonna do really long sets tonight because people didn't make it. Like we have some guy named Tim Watkins was supposed to be here from far away. I don't even know who he is, but he obviously didn't care to remember either so but he was from far away he was from like LA or something so I was trying to be cool but no not gonna so what it what it looks like is there's three comics and then me and I'm gonna do that taping in the middle so I mean stretch your wings kids we're gonna I mean I'm not even gonna look at the clock until 10 and then if you bore me will stop you we can like actually we should give our audience members like x's or something and when you guys are bored you put up the you're like i'm done with this one they're still doing at least 10 minutes Uh, but thank you guys for coming yay the benders crew came out tonight it's really sweet of you uh big shout out to racers alley on thursdays from six to eight they're a great show their host is here tonight and, uh, and we're, and thanks to Zanzu running the ones and twos in the back, uh, I'll pass out the, I'll give you guys all some, the, I made really good pot fudge this morning. I'm really proud of it. It's very, very tasty. It's almond. I hope no one's a, a, allergic. I said I almost said addicted, but allergic to almonds. Anyone? Anyone afraid of that now? Like, if you open peanut butter, does anyone have that in their office where, like, you have any such young little asshole snowflakes that you can't even bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to work? Has that happened yet? You, like, open the bag and they're like, hey, excuse me, I'm allergic to peanuts and I'm afraid I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock. That's why I call it peanut-free peanut butter. It's a peanut-free zone. That's what San Francisco's becoming. It's a peanut-free zone. Get on the bus. Like, that's the thing. My child can't ride the bus because I don't know if it's a peanut-free zone. You can get on the bus. Is It's a peanut-free zone. Yeah like no just how about give your child peanuts when they're a child and then they won't be allergic to peanuts is that how is that how it works or will that just murder them or am I just advocating the murdering of children maybe am I not allowed to put that on the videotape am I not allowed to talk about that in the Midwest advocating the murdering of children Uh, hey do you guys want a rosham? there's three of you to see well you were gonna you were gonna go last so that's fine so you're off the hook I I had no discernible order. Do you guys want to fight it out? Do you want to Do you want to like high five? You want to beards versus no beards? What do you guys want? You want a beard or a no beard? I'm up here. I practically have a beard. Jonathan plucked me today, so it was okay. Like I almost had a beard. It's been a long time. I'm too blind now to actually pluck my own facial hair because I can't see. Even when I'm close in the mirror, I still I can't see close. I can only see far away. So I was trying to pluck my eyebrows, and I was really far back, and I almost hurt myself. But Jonathan came to the rescue and he got my whole beard for me. It was really nice. Thanks, honey. Really appreciate it. So beards or no beards. You're the audience people. What do you want to see? You want to see, do you want to see John McCain's son or do you want to see John McCain in the POW camp? (laughs) Either way, the ghost of John McCain is coming to the stage. No? Yes. Flip a coin. I'll just, I don't know, I, don't, I can't, I can't deal with it. I'll just, beard, all right. He's all the way, he is, he's like, he's a, he's a bearded man and he's all the way from Santa Cruz, so he's almost like a pirate. I think that's what they do in Santa Cruz is they all are pirates off some lost ship. Clap your hands wildly, everybody, for John Reinhardt. Thanks,
5: Pam. You guys might recognize me from the most recent season of Duck Dynasty. I got the job audition because of my aesthetic, but they hired me because of the racism.
6: <laughs>
5: I actually grew up with a father who had a severe nut allergy, Pam. He's allergic to tree nuts, so not peanuts. He could eat peanuts. So I grew up with a fucking terrifying fear of any anybody opened a nut package, because I was like, you're gonna kill my dad. And now my relationship with my father has changed. I'm like, now I know how to kill that guy. <laughs> he doesn't live close enough though, so I gotta like mail, you know, I gotta mail him anthrax or something, just pine nut dust. <laughs> I, uh, my father used to tell me, "Son, you might be taller than me, but you'll never have the capacity to inflict pain." He was right, but I kind of thought he was talking about physical pain, not emotional pain. I'm still working through some of this. Welcome. How are you tonight? Hi, how are you? Good. An audience member. Great. Uh oh. Cool. Well, you're still an audience member while I'm on stage. That's okay. I, uh, I'm turning into a real lazy piece of shit. Um, I was a bike commuter for the last five years, didn't own a car, so I had to ride my bike everywhere. Well, I didn't have to, but walking is for chumps. Um, like I'll ride a bike for 60 miles, no problem. I, I used to ride a bike for 60 miles, no problem. But, like, walking from where I parked my car to here, I'm like, this is bullshit. I should call an Uber. But I just got a car. It's a used car. It's kind of like me. The exterior is not too bad, but the interior has been neglected for decades. It's fucked up in there. It's like Bob Seger cassettes, cigarette butts, bags of old McDonald's. I, uh, so I'm driving everywhere now. I live in Santa Cruz. There's no, f- I have no fucking business driving anywhere. It takes me 11 minutes to ride my bike to work, but now I wake up and I smoke two cigarettes on the way to work. So I'm putting on a little bit of like a dad bod beard gut, which is only really a bummer because I'm a hipster and I buy all my t-shirts one size too small anyways. So now I'm starting to feel like a weird hipstery artisanal sausage or something, you know? kind of self-conscious about. I was a, I was a heavy kid. I looked like meatloaf when I was 17. My cholesterol was like over 200. Uh, it's not good. I was eating fast food like six times a day. And then I just stopped eating fast food and started drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. I slimmed down. But now I'm not doing anything. I'm an accountant. I just got promoted at work. I worked, I went from the production department where I was lifting like 50-pound boxes multiple times a day to sitting on my ass in an office. Uh, My favorite part about being an accountant is, uh, first of all, I'm horrible at math. uh, But I'm a collector, so it's my job to call people and tell them they owe us money. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm like silencing phone calls from the hospital, like, Ooh, not fucking paying that bill. Shit. So that's fun. Uh, Like, I'm beginning to become so lazy that I I play a lot of video games. I was playing a video game the other day, like a first person shooter, Far Cry. Anybody play Far Cry? No? That's okay. I'm running in the game and I'm like, this is bullshit. Give me a motorcycle or something. I'm fucking tired of running. I'm sitting on my ass, like smoking pot, drinking beer, eating pizza. It's not good. I have the palate of a five-year-old uh, but the bank account of a 34-year-old. It's wonderful. <laughs> no, and I'm single, so I have no voice of reason to be like, you're not eating McDonald's again. God, I fucking am. I am. I had McDonald's delivered to my house.
4: Gross. It was
5: the most disgustingly American thing I've ever done in my life, and God damn, did it feel good. I was so hungover, I was like, I'm not leaving the house today. I'm gonna make more bad decisions. So I walked to the liquor store, I bought a 12-pack of beer and a couple shots of whiskey, and then I fucking called Uber Eats and had them deliver me 40 chicken nuggets. Oh 40 McDonald's chicken nuggets. That serves six. And I ate it all to myself. Not proud of this, folks. I'm just telling you what's going on with me. <laughs> uh, <y-y-y. laughs> I have a friend who has a severe drug problem He just got hired as a janitor. He's a very high-maintenance person. (laughs) He cleaned up his act. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Let's see, I'm going to pull some golden oldies off of this. uh, Oh, there was a lot of Jesus talk. Man, I wish the guy who was asking for Jesus jokes to tell his mother and grandmother stuck around. Because I, my Halloween costume last year was uh, I dressed as a nun stuffed a bra, wore the whole habit thing, and I was Jesus. Uh, but I wrote all of these Jesus jokes, uh, my favorite of which is uh, Jesus was involved in a legal dispute because he wanted to start a gym and call it CrossFit, but he had to settle for Jehovah's Fitness. <laughs> I also found out that Jesus' least favorite band is not Nickelback, like I thought it would be. It's uh, Nine Inch Nails. jesus's favorite vacation resort is sandals jamaica <laughs> that's so uh, that's well no i got one more uh, jesus doesn't use tinder or ok cupid he uses plenty of fish <laughs> we got readers in the audience i like that it's good <laughs> that's all the jesus material i have um i'm a huge uh i'm a huge metalhead i know my aesthetic does not uh does not dispute that but i listen to everything like there's really no genre of music I don't listen to. I love bitchy pop music. I live like constantly. I'm at work listening to Beyonce, and if my coworkers knew, it would just it would do not good things for my already shaky reputation. But uh, like Pat Benatar is one of my favorite artists, and my favorite song of hers is "Hell Is for Children," because having four children would be hell. I think <laughs> that one's just for me. That's okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I, uh, I found out that I could take uh, money out of my 401k. I've, got, uh, I've been working for the same company for like six years. So I've got a few thousand bucks saved up. And my first thought was, fuck, I'm so happy I don't do Coke. <laughs> but now I have all this disposable income. So if anybody's holding, talk to me after the show. I did that joke in Santa Cruz and the bartender after I got off was like, do you really need Coke? I was no. like, no, no, I'm not a blow monkey, come on. I like marijuana and hallucinogens and alcohol. That's about, that's about as big as I go. Um, I was a barista for 10 years. It's part of why I have such a cheery disposition, uh, but I have caffeine tattooed on my on my arm, which is fun. Uh, I've been stopped by police officers who were like what is that I'm like it's caffeine fucking asshole um, I also I'm a white male so I rarely have to worry about the police uh, I mean the closest I've ever come to being oppressed is when they ask me to put on a hairnet at work you know like that's that's about it um, <laughs> I, uh, I owned a gay voodoo doll his fetish was tiny pricks. That's what he was really into. <laughs> so I, uh, this car I have is a, is a stick shift. It's my preferred method of transmission. I like driving stick. That's how I learned. Uh, but, so uh, driving to and from shows, I sit in traffic a lot. Sitting in traffic while driving a stick shift is a lot like edging, uh, except you only get off at your exit. It's all right. Working this shit out, it's okay. Hmm. Let's see. Do you guys, uh, anybody uh, like the Smiths in here? Yeah. When it comes to the Smiths, I feel like Les is Morrissey. <laughs> I'm a huge jo- I'm a huge Johnny Marr fan, but I can't fucking stand Morrissey. I. uh Oh, I got one more Jesus joke. If Jesus had taken a food safety course, he wouldn't have died from cross-contamination. Oh, wow. got <laughs> a lot of chef friends. <laughs> I have, actually. I, did a, I have performed at Sinning and Grinning, Zorba's room, and I told all sorts of horrible jokes in a church, and I'm not dead, which only reinforces my belief that there is no God. It's fucking 2018. Believing that Jesus and the Bible and God are real would be like accepting an innocent dinner, uh, dinner invitation uh, with Bill Cosby. Like, we have evidence, people, let's fucking use it and not do that. <laughs> I think people who hang themselves are a real nuisance. <laughs> I know, I wrote it. <laughs> I, uh, I, had a, I had a comic friend Um, he had a terrible set a couple weeks ago, bombed really hard, the audience wasn't into it. His family found him hanging in his basement the next day, and his suicide note just read, I kill me. (laughs) Don't worry, this is a hypothetically dead comic friend. I'm a comic, I don't have any friends. All my heroes are dying. Prince, David Bowie, Charles Manson... Charles Manson is a musician. I bought his record at Sam Goody's. It was in the easy listening section. It's not good. It is a horrible, horrible piece of shit album. But I bought it, I was 15. I thought it would be edgy. Uh, There is a song on it called Garbage Dump. And the lyrics are literally, Garbage dump, oh garbage dump. Why are you called my garbage dump? It doesn't get any better from there. But I, uh, I did find out some weird information. Before, before Charles Manson died, he was going to start a business. Uh, it was artisanal tater tots. They were going to be called Sharon Tater Tots. Roman Polanski was uh, going to finance it. You know, you'd think they'd be enemies, but they buried the hatchet. <laughs> Sharon Tater Tots. They come pre-soaked in ketchup. <laughs> What's the shelf life on Sharon Tate jokes, folks? <laughs> Come on. I've been talking about Jesus for fucking three minutes. Uh, so I was a bike commuter. Um, one of my favorite things, I literally, for a long time, I was like the worst bike commuter. I was like the Portlandia, angry, cars man, why guy. But uh, my favorite thing about being a bike commuter was I read a study that said if you ride your bike to work, you lessen your chances of getting cancer by 50%. I thought that was pretty cool, because I ride my bike home, too, making me effectively immune to cancer. <laughs> I'm going to smoke and drink it up. <laughs> this study published by fucking morons said I could do it. Oh, let's see. I went to the doctor, because I have trouble sleeping. Actually, this yesterday, I... Uh, I'm perpetually tired. I'm sure any comic in the room is perpetually tired. I work on Monday through Friday, nine to five job, and then I'm doing comedy multiple nights a week. So I'm always just sleepy. But I was t- trying to take a nap before my show yesterday. I'm in my underwear with the covers on, eyes closed, and I'm laying there and I think to myself, God, I wish I could just lay down and close my eyes. Oh, and then I got up and wrote that down because I thought it would be important. I should have just stayed with my eyes closed. It's terrible. Uh, so I went to the doctor because uh, I'm not sleeping well. And uh, Dominican in Santa Cruz is a terrible hospital. They regularly kill people with their fucking negligence. Uh, so I was uh, misdiagnosed because they gave me to an OBGYN. Uh, but I was diagnosed with sleep apnea. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not good. Sleep Apnea? Sleep apnea? I don't know. I'm a fan of shitty wordplay, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, My uh, ex-girlfriend and I had a pact. It was her idea, too. Uh, No marriage, no children, no anal. She was almost the perfect woman. It's not why we broke up, though. We broke up because she's very old-fashioned. By that, I mean she smells like whiskey and oranges. (laughs) She uh, she didn't get a smartphone until like three months ago. She had one of those brick Nokia phones you could play snake on. She thinks I have social media addiction. She's not wrong. So one day she was like, hey, babe, can we have a tech-free weekend? I was like, sure, honey. So I woke up super early Saturday morning, and I disconnected the electricity and the gas to the house. (laughs) She threw shit at me, but it was dark. Her accuracy was compromised. She hates that fucking joke, too. (laughs) She's a very patient woman. Uh, She's so patient, she had to start wearing a life alert bracelet. (laughs) Uh, I went to a mandatory harassment training at work, and they were discussing the broad scope of the policy. And I was just offended that they didn't use the term classy broad. I'm going to get out of here soon. Um, I designed an app to help homeless people review local businesses. It's called Yell. <laughs> you don't even need a phone. You just have to have lungs. I, uh, I made a mistake last year. I was walking home from a bar, super drunk, real bad mood. I walked past a group of homeless people in Santa Cruz, a bunch of bikes strewn about the place. I've had a bike stolen. Anybody in Santa Cruz had a bike stolen. It's probably the same here. Uh, But again, I'm drunk. I'm in a real bad mood. I walk past and I say, fucking bike thieves. One of them took umbrage with that statement. He chased me down the street, grabbed me by the back of my hair, threw me forward, slammed my forehead into the concrete, broke my right hand on the way down. But I had a good time in the ER. It's my first time on morphine. Morphine, uh, it was kind of like a warm blanket. It's a lot like the warm blanket we gave the Native American people, though. You know, it's filled with lies and nausea. I'd rather just not have it. A plastic surgeon had to spend four hours putting my forehead back together. It split my forehead to the bone. Uh, and while he's perform, while he's stitching me up, I'm all fucked up on morphine and I was already drunk. And I was like, can you just make my eyebrow permanently raised? Because I think with the mustache and the beard, it'd be kind of a good look for me to just always look suspicious. <laughs> You guys have been wonderful. Thank you, Pam.
4: John Reinhardt, hey, Capitol, will you tell the guys around the corner if they're still there to not be so loud? Because we hear their whole conversation and it's pissing me off because it's fine. I mean, they know it's my birthday and they still don't care. It's not today. It was Wednesday. Thank you. It's okay. It doesn't matter. No, it's fine. It doesn't. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. But I hate it when like the people outside are like, Yeah, happy birthday and then they stand outside the show and they're loud outside drinking beers. Like I'm like, thanks. Guys, I'm so happy that you care about my special day to come in for I don't know, an hour and twenty minutes of your time and support my comics. Somebody you guys thank you guys for coming. Real audience people from Benders. It's so sweet that they came. And they didn't even know they were gonna be bribed with marijuana treats and there. And Kevin doesn't even eat marijuana treats. He's just here because he's a nice guy and he cares. And John Reinhardt, that was very funny and I love your Jesus jokes <laughs> because I love, I used to love Jesus. Can you what? Yeah, we should all smoke pot in here, absolutely. Yeah, is anybody allergic to pot? Does anybody care? Kevin does it bother you? You're being joked, you're joking, right? I, I like your pipe. You have, you have a pipe, you're to swear in it. Who's gonna type themselves on that camera? Someone has a camera there, it's very exciting. Right there, behind Alex's head. Does he know about it? Does it look, I don't know who's, I don't know who's gonna tape. Somebody thinks this is important. When I actually tape my stuff, um, it'll like, we'll try to sit in the front so that it looks like there's people here. So that it doesn't look like I brought my friends over to my, I'm like, this is almost like tantamount to if I had stairs in my house and I was like, everybody come over for a party and we'll have a comedy show. And then I stood on the stairs and told jokes to people without a, like with a hairbrush instead of a microphone, right? It's pretty much the same. Cool. Right? Is that, anybody else do that as a kid? No, my parents weren't listening to me then either. So it's fine. It's it's cool. Uh, Yeah. Your next comedian. I'm sure his parents listened to him. Um, he's a very funny guy and he does look like the son of somebody very prominent or like that he's training to be a senator or as Tony Spark said once, a weatherman. Maybe he looks like he looks like he could either be a senator or a weatherman. Put your hands together, everybody, for Max Molochini. Yay.
7: Weathermen are important, by the way. The, the unsung heroes of our society. All right, how's everybody doing? Well, that's- all right, who are the audience people again? You got... All of us. All of, all, all, this, whole, this whole section, I got one, I can't really see the lights. What's your name, sir? Uh, uh, Satan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Do your parents really named you Satan? <laughs> all right, well, I guess I don't have the worst parents here, that's for sure. <laughs> What's Vanson, by the way? That's a cool jacket. What? That's the jacket Satan wears. <laughs> the jacket that Satan wears. It's not hot enough in hell already, you got to wear a leather jacket to... <laughs> gotta yeah, really just sweat it all out sweat out all the evil you know that's pretty cool you kind of look like fonzie yeah satan and fonzie mixed i think that's what you're all right nice to meet you how about you what's your name sir kevin all right do you so you guys all work with pam is that what i gathered no you just hang out at the bar oh, okay what what do you do Oh shit. That's, do you think you can rescue this comedy show? No, <laughs> it's, it's, no just kidding. <laughs> You're all about to die from this laughter. So you talk to, was it Kevin? Sorry. I already forgot. <laughs> all right. Oh, I think the peanut thing, that's a real, like, I think that's a serious problem I've heard. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I was on an airplane, I was eating the peanuts and my mom goes, Hey, do you know more people die from peanuts on airplanes than from crashes? And I immediately spit out all the peanuts. And then she explained that it was just because of allergies, which I didn't have. So I I picked up all the peanuts and I ate. <laughs> all right, let's do this. So I, uh, I have a Cambodian stepmom. Uh, anybody else? All right. You're all lying. Everybody else. <laughs> Doesn't everyone have a Cambodian stepmom? No. Uh, my dad met her in Cambodia. So it was kind of like a mail order bride, except he uh, picked his up. You know, he didn't want to pay for shipping. He was like, I'll just go get her. You know, it's cheaper that way. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's not really the way it is, but, uh, she, uh, I get along with her pretty well. She doesn't speak English super well. Like she doesn't speak it well enough to understand, uh, jokes. So I can't run that mail order bride joke by her and be like, Hey, what do you think? Is that funny? Uh, <laughs> recently she and my dad came to stay with me at my apartment and they wanted to see a video of me doing stand up. So I showed him one and my dad was like, Hey, not bad. You're getting better. And then my stepmom goes, uh, I understand everything that you say, but, uh, I don't understand why everybody laugh. And I was like, <gasps> which uh, those of you who don't speak Cambodian, that's, bitch, you're not my real mom. Like, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like yeah, She and my dad are actually maybe going to come watch me perform stand-up someday. And like, I feel like I can't tell that joke then. Because first of all, my dad's not going to like the mail-order bride joke. He's, I know his sense of humor. He doesn't like it when people make fun of him. And then my stepmom's going to be sitting there listening. She's going to be like, okay, I understand everything that you say. I don't understand why everybody laugh. And then all of a sudden she's going to hear me call her a bitch in her native language. And she's going to be like, okay, now I really understand everything that you say. And I really don't understand why everybody laugh. Like, <laughs> this is a really weird show. I don't know what you Americans are into, but I, uh, so yeah, my last name is not McCain. It's actually pronounced Mawachanine, but, uh, I'm still white, even though it sounds like I could be native American, uh. My last name's Serbian. Uh, Serbia's a country in Eastern Europe. For those who don't follow the NBA or professional tennis, yeah, I call that a Djokovic. Uh, just, just killing it. <laughs> Every now and then, I tell people my last name's Serbian, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you guys are the ones who started World War One." And I just own it. I'm like, "That's right. We're trendsetters because that was the first one." You know, back then people be like, "World War? That's that's like not even a thing." And we were like, "Well." It's going to be a thing. Like, It's going to be very popular. The whole world's going to be on board with this idea. It was so popular that 25 years later, the Germans started their own world war. They stole our idea. Germans are like the Carlos Mencia of war. Carlos Mencia was a comedian who stole people's jokes. I, uh, One time I told that to a bunch of Carlos Mencia fans, and they were like, that's good, I think I'll use that. That's, I think he said it was pronounced Mwacheni, and I think I can pull that joke off too. I, uh, all right. So I, uh, I work here in San Francisco. I work in the tech industry, uh, but I don't like it. So you don't have to hate me. I just, just trying to pay the bills. You know, I, uh, I work for that company Fitbit, uh, but I don't even wear a Fitbit. So that's pretty awkward. Like, uh, my coworkers just stare at me all the time. They'll be like, Oh my God, he doesn't even know how far he's walked. Like I bet he couldn't even ballpark it. You know, he looks, he looks very lost, like he doesn't even know where he's going in life. I feel like every time I show up to the office, it's like I've committed a faux pas. Working at Fitbit and not wearing a Fitbit is like showing up uninvited to an AA meeting with a keg of beer because everybody stares at you disapprovingly and you're the only one there who isn't tracking how many steps you've taken. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's an AA 12-step joke. Anybody here in AA? All right, way to stay anonymous. Yeah. You guys are very on top of things, you know. Sometimes somebody cheers and I gotta be like, hey, go back to step one, you know. You're clearly off the wagon, sir. Uh, let's see. So I do like a data science. So basically what that is, like the Fitbits generate data. The company collects it, stores it in a database. I look at it and I'm like, all right, like whatever, I don't know, that's that's good to know. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, as a data science, I'm a pretty big fan of the of Moneyball. You guys, anybody else? <laughs> You guys a fan of anything? I don't <laughs> I'm trying to think what I could say that you guys would be like. Yeah, you guys are just like, naps. Yeah, drugs. Naps. <laughs> who, who wants to bail on this show and take a nap? That's. It. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any? Co- yeah, we need to replace the chairs with cots. That's that's how you get people to come to a comedy show. I think I'm I'm tired too, but it's all good. Oh, I'm gonna get through this. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the movie Moneyball, but I I I don't like it because it perpetuates the stereotype that all data scientists look like jonah hill and i find that incredibly offensive like why didn't they have brad pitt play that guy like that's realistic right like maybe okay fine you guys are just <laughs> it's like no nah, i think jonah hill's better that's makes a lot more sense <laughs> uh i'm a big fan of uh like the minions too despicable me anybody else like those or am i the only uh, huh no yeah. oh you said no <laughs> you're like awesome. yeah they are awesome thank you all right i got a kindred spirit here Gonna, yeah, me and you are gonna watch Minions in Hell together someday. <laughs> that's that's gonna be a good time. I'll I'll wear a leather jacket too. It'll be the Fonzie Minions. On uh, what's that, Hump? Satan's leather. jacket. Satan's leather. Okay, so he's got multiple he can share. With. Okay, yeah, it's like a, all right. Maybe we can borrow his horns too. I wanna I wanna go I wanna go full devil if I we're gonna do this. So I was talking about Minions. Yeah, I like Minions. Uh, I look at Minions the same way pretentious white liberals look at minorities. Like, I'm glad to promote how much of a fan I am of them. Uh, but if I'm being totally honest, uh, I can't tell them apart from each other. Like, is that Kevin the Minion? Is it Bob the Minion? I don't know. They all look alike. Like, but they're underrepresented in Congress, and that's a big problem. Like, if I'm ever in the Senate, as Pam <laughs> has foretold, like, I'm going to pass some legislation to. Oh, that's dumb. All right. <laughs> Talk about Minions in the Senate. That's, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, ah, uh, oh shit. That's yeah, it's alright. I'll move on. <laughs> I uh, so I've been doing comedy a little while. I feel like comedians, like amateur comedians, are a lot like frat bros. Like a frat bro would be like, "Oh, you lift? Uh, how many sets you do, bro?" Comedian would be like, "Oh, you do comedy? How many how many sets you do, bro?" Like, do you even do the mics, bro? Like, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> where does this joke go? I already forgot it. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, 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 there's too many rules I feel like the comedians put on each other. Like I recently came across a guy who uh, he told me like it was important to have a headshot. Like I didn't know that. Uh, like I thought you just try to make people laugh, which, you know, isn't always easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently you got to pay someone to take a picture of your face. So the reason like I met this guy was I was in a comedy competition. Uh, so he messaged me like a week before the competition. He was like, hey, I need your headshot. I messaged him back and I was like, I don't have one. Like is that? that's not a problem, is it? Uh, apparently it was like a really big problem. Like the way he made it sound is like the biggest problems you got global warming, genocide, and then the fact that I have not paid someone to take a picture of my face. And that's in reverse order. Um yeah, like he even ended his message by saying you're going to need to get a headshot if you want to take this even somewhat seriously. And I thought it was like ironic like he wants me to take comedy seriously, like I was half expecting him to be like yeah, exactly. I got a laugh from that. I didn't even know you're back there. <laughs> I didn't know there was anybody here, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's nice to know you're alive. Out there. Now, yeah, so I thought it was ironic that he wanted me to take comedy seriously. I half expect him to be like, "Do you want to take comedy seriously, or is this just a big joke to you? Like, you think this is funny? You think comedy's funny?" So I decided to be proactive. I grabbed my laptop, I opened up Photo Booth, I took a picture of myself, and I sent it off to him. Uh, and that that made it worse. He, he didn't seem too happy about that. Um, but anyway, like, so the reason why they need the headshots, I guess, they put it on the website. Uh, so I checked the website. I was like, it's probably fine. Uh, it was not fine. It was, it was pretty bad. Like, the other seven people in the competition had like professional headshots. They're all smiling. And then there's me over in the corner. It looks like a, looks like a screenshot from a Skype session. Like if, if you saw my headshot on Tinder, you would delete the app from your phone. You'd be like, there's no hope out there. Like, we just got to delete this. Anyway, long story short, I, I I won the competition, so you don't need a headshot to win. And and the host was pretty pissed off; like he didn't seem too happy. Hopefully, he's not listening to this. How many people actually listen to the, these shows? <laughs> I, Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I did, and the paid spot on the Late Show, so I'm a professional guys <laughs> you may not may not seem like it right now but <laughs> um yeah how am i doing on time did, you declare that? No. You did i declare it? no yeah I actually because he was i almost said that to him when he gave me he gave me a hundred dollars cash and i was like oh you're paying me under the table like you're not going to give me a w-2 do you want to take this even somewhat seriously sir <laughs> that's what i thought but I, I didn't actually say that i hope they invite me back but if but if he listens to this <laughs> he might not, he might not invite me back but uh Oh, sorry, you uh, interrupted. Okay, all right. Thank you very much, everybody. I can keep going. Do you guys guys want me to keep going? (laughs) Are you sure you want me to keep going? (laughs) He's clapping me off the stage. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, I'll uh, I'll end there. Thanks, everybody. Happy birthday, Pam. (laughs)
4: Funny that he won because last week I had a mental breakdown because I made it to the semifinals and then it was clear that I was in fourth place. Like when that we did the semifinals and I did jokes, they did not like my second set at all, and it was embar- I almost I almost cried. I went through a whole like nervous breakdown thing. Hello, are you Tim Watkins? Yep. Yay! You made it. Thank goodness, I didn't, I didn't met you, I was asking all kinds of people, I kept asking this guy in a wheelchair if he was Tim Watkins, because I don't know, I don't pay attention to Facebook. Uh, welcome to, he's on the show, it's, it's, it's 10 bucks if it's okay, because you're not on the show, It's that okay? Okay, cool. I know, it's hard to charge people, like if there was, like if there was a throngs of people and lines up the door, then people are like, yeah, 10 bucks, it's no so problem. but then when it's like, oh look, there's some people here, and they're like, yeah, it's still $10 I just I'm sorry, I feel like I'm begging for money. No, but it was uh, just I'll have a conversation with about you No, it was fine. It was just last week I had a nervous breakdown because so I was like, I'm just not a likable comic. <laughs> That's what it comes to. Competitions are so hard. Have you- I, I hate them. It was like it stressed me out the whole way there, and then it stressed me out while I was there, and then it stressed me out while I was on, and then I was so excited and I was on stage and I got so nervous that I acted like this and nobody wants to see this. This isn't exciting for people to watch. They're like, Why? she's a crazy person yelling at us on stage. Yeah. So I just took my 25 bucks and like went home and had a nervous breakdown for two days about how nobody likes me. Yay. And then it was my birthday week and nothing happened. And that was, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. He's on the show, babe. He's Tim Watkins. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're. F- I thought you said, you I was like, yes, I am. And- oh, you're a walk-in. You're not Tim Watkins. You're not a guy on the show. Okay. See, I've been waiting for this guy on the show named Tim Watkins, and it does sound very similar, Watkins and. Wa- well, hey, this is a very exciting moment because I'm gonna have to ask my boyfriend to videotape me. I, I I hate videotapes and I hate doing it, but I have to do it because my buddy wants me to apply. There's, it's, he's a national headliner, and he wants me to do be his MC. And I gave him my my usually my material is very dirty, so I gave him my two tapes and he was like we can't you can't bring this to the Midwest so uh this is very I'm breaking the fourth wall I apologize for that since you guys just came in for a comedy show but uh, I'm going to do um, a clean set quickly I'm gonna I'm gonna applaud I know right I know I'm not gonna swear I know good luck it's because it's the Midwest he's like no abortions don't come in your face Pam You could do this. He's talking me up today. He's like, I know you can do this. I know you can make a video. You can do it. You can be likable in front of people and you don't have to be so edgy. I'm like, I just wanna do it. I like, I just like that. He's like, because people don't like it. People don't like it when you say political things. Uh, like I'm like, what else am I a comedian for? Like, what art? What else is the point in doing comedy if you don't have something to say to an audience? Like, I, I I just I don't even get it. I'm like, what else is the point? Like, I have the hubris to think that I can stand up in front of you with a microphone for ten minutes plus and have anything exciting to say. And if I don't actually feel it, like, what is the point? Okay. Uh, thank you guys for coming. Oh, it was your camera. Good. No, no, we're gonna try to make Jonathan do this. Uh, so I'm gonna introduce myself, which will be weird, and then and then you say, okay, and your next comedian is me, Pam Benjamin, yay! Thank you guys so much for being here. I am, my name is Pam Benjamin, Uh, and I don't wanna be political tonight. I don't wanna do that. I know that's boring. We don't, it's just, there's so much, we're inundated with the politics, and I don't wanna do it anymore, but it's, you know, all language is political, right? Like, I don't know what to call myself anymore because I'm a female. You know, I, I'm a person, I'm a human, right? We're all people, and I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. So, I know I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word without the word men in it. It's, it's actually spelled with an I. I am a feminist. I can also spell and read. Ah! <laughs> It's just funny to me that men put their name on everything, like menstruation. It's the one thing they can't possibly do. And they put their name all over it. Right now, I'm menstruating. Yeah, really? And then they go, oh, that's so gross, menstruate. Why would you put your name on it if you don't like it? You know, there's the other one, menopause. You know, it's like, yeah, I know I'm gonna get old and men are gonna pause. They're never gonna wanna be with me again because they're only sexually attracted to you if you can have children. Is that, is that too real? Yay! Children, here's my question. Why do babies' pants have pockets? The baby has six pairs of cargo pants. 18 month old child, cargo pants, six pairs of pockets. What's he putting in the pockets? Why are we putting, what are we wasting the fabric? We're wasting fabric and time. We're putting, what can the baby put in their pockets? They can't even put their own hands in their pockets. They can't even put their own socks on. What are the pockets for? Well, I'm a nanny. That's where I put my drugs. (laughs) It's like, it's the safest place. Children can't physically get to it, and the police will never search a baby. (laughs) So that's, as I've I've learned. Although in San Francisco, it's okay. It's all legal here now. We're allowed to have a good time. Yay. Uh, This is a crazy place, San Francisco. And I don't really understand it. There's all these brightly painted vehicles. Uh, We used to call them roach coaches. Do you guys remember when you'd see a brightly painted food? you are like, oh, that's a roach coach, you know? And now, you know, you can get an $11 Filipino burrito. I don't even know what that means. There's fries in it. That's great. But like you see brightly painted vehicle, what is it? So I I saw one the other day and I I thought, oh, I'm going to go in and slake my thirst. Nay, it was a bookmobile. Do you guys remember the bookmobiles? The pretty, they're brightly painted, they drive around, feeding you knowledge. So I walked in and I ordered a steaming hot cup of Kafka. <laughs> and when it arrived, it was a banana. And I was a giant bug. And I looked, the clo- I, saw, I looked out the window and I saw melting clocks and burning giraffes. And I was like, da-da, da-da. But it was surrealism. Totally different movement, totally different movement. Yeah, the only reason I talk about these things, I have, I have an MFA in poetry. Oh, whoopity-doo, like I went to school, I have knowledge and stuff. And it's so hard because it was a really poor decision. I mean, I'll never make any money ever, you know, now that I have, because how do you, what do you do with an MFA in poetry? What could you possibly do with that degree? How would I possibly make money? And I thought, aha, I will write lyrics. For songs, you can make money that way. And so then I thought, oh, I'll write lyrics for death metal. Because there's only like nine words in those songs anyways, right? Uh, so the first song I wrote is about things people like. Okay. Puppies, kittens, unicorns, lots of porn. People seem to love porn. And end rhyme. Did you know about that? It's like, it, feel, it completes you. It makes you feel good. Uh, The second song I wrote deals with embedded rhyme or assonance that's rhyming the vowel sounds between words. Uh, And it goes like this. At dawn with chainsaws. For those of you that don't speak death metal, that's at dawn with chainsaws. It's about carving up bloated whales at dawn in Alaska. Yes, so metal. So very, very metal. That aw sound is what we're... It's the assonance, right? The, the last song I wrote, I'm sure it's gonna be my huge moneymaker, uh, and it's called 23-Year-Old's Lament. Uh, and it goes like this. I have the worst roommate. Knock, knock, knock on the door while I masturbate. Oh, mom, why do I live with my mom? That's a death growl at the end. That's a that's a death metal convention. So, end rhyme, assonance, and death growl all together. Big money someday. Yeah, yeah glad you guys agree. Uh, I realized I'm not ever gonna have any children, and I, you know, I've never really been a winner, and I want to win the science fair. I want to win something, you know, as an adult. And so I realized I need to abduct someone else's fifth grader just for a couple weeks to win the science fair right they're not even gonna miss the kid they're just gonna be like oh it's with that lady for three weeks don't worry i have some great ideas that i'm sure are going to win uh is everyone in san francisco native here no no do you live in san francisco now yeah. you you're a native native the, the the real deal i mean i'm east bay and i no, I, know I'm I grew up bougie i never rode the bus but here now that i'm a poor person i ride the bus all the time and i feel like a child can benefit from my grand knowledge and experience what we're gonna need are some swabs and Some litmus paper maybe some baggies and we're gonna find out which bus line is the most disgusting Can you get chlamydia from the nine? What is that liquid on the 22? These are important questions. I can see the tri-fold thing. We're gonna win. We're gonna win Uh, Which what what is that that'll be like what is that on the bus? Is that gum? Who knows? Uh, My second idea, really great, I think. uh, I don't know how many alcoholics uh, there are in the audience, people who throw up in the morning, just me. Great. Uh, So when I I vomit in the morning, I'm thinking that what I need is a small child with a thermometer because I drink 36-degree water, let's say eight ounces, right? And I pound that. And then we take a timer. How long does it take until until I vomit? And then what is the temperature of said water? So the question is, how many calories did I burn being an alcoholic, right? Because raising one gram of water, one degree is a calorie. Anybody else go to school, take science, cool. Beginning chemistry, import, hey, for a, fifth, for a you know, 10-year-old fifth grader, it's exciting stuff. Uh, this is. I'm trying to use my body as God intended, not for babies, but for uh, breast milk. Because I imbibe, I imbibe so much marijuana that I'd like to make I'd like to pump my own breasts and make TH cheese, right? So I take my own breast milk, I turn it into cheese with a child. We get to learn about animal husbandry, although I'm the animal, and um, cheese making, important kitchen science, food science. And then, because I mean, I really, I eat so much weed. I'm sure that my breast milk, it'll be filled with it. Don't pump and dump, give it to me. I'm gonna make it into cheese. Uh, And then I wanna know if I can get high off my own supply. Right, so if I eat my own breast milk cheese, do I still get high, or is it like one of those questions, like, oh, if if I eat my own foot, can I survive if I'm starving? But then nobody else thinks of these things. the the last The last project I want to deal with is, um, you know, when you fart and you smell it, uh, that's poo particles. So there's poo particles in the air that you smell, and you go, oh, okay, there's poo particles in the air. That's that's what's happening. And so I want to find out like cumulatively over time. uh, How much shit do we really eat? And if you have an older brother, does that happen earlier in your life? Like, how does it, the poop particles, no one has an older brother? If you're a teacher of fourth grade boys, do you, like, how much shit do you eat then, right? Because they fart all the time. No, I know, this is, a nightmare. I'm not going to use this tape or I'll cut it off earlier because it's just a total, I mean, I just, I gave up halfway through anyways. I was like, nobody's laughing. I mean, well, no, I mean, the thing is to use the tape, I might as well just put myself in an empty room and tell jokes to myself in a mirror because it's going to be the same reaction they're going to hear like, hey, people in the fucking Midwest. I know I'm not funny. It's fine. I just need to give up on everything. It doesn't matter anymore. It's great. No, it's totally fine. There's no way how the hubris of me to think that I could possibly go do 10 minutes at two shows like four shows on a weekend thanksgiving weekend in little rock arkansas i'm supposed to do a clean 10 to get paid with a national headliner like that would really ever happen right like i i I, natalie you know me that's so cute no i then i'd have to memorize it and it wouldn't be me and i'd be upset. i'd be like i'm not even doing myself like who am i and then i'd be upset about that no it's fine i'll never be happy It's fine. No, this is not. We're not. We're not gonna have an audience conversation, a TED talk about my shitty set right now, Alex. No, we're not gonna do that. We're just gonna bring up the next comedian, and I'm just gonna tell Steve that I I, I can't. I mean, I can't, I can't be clean, I guess. And my my not clean jokes suck. Like Kafka Roach Coach. How boring. Like right. Like it, we talk about dicks in my mouth. Even that, it's like that's it's just so it's Kafka Roach. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Fuck me and all my life choices. I'm going back to Greece. Uh, Your next comedian is such a funny lady. Yeah, it's gonna be you I'm just gonna eat more pot food and just like Be like what am I doing with my life? Uh, All right, your next comedian (laughs) She's so funny. Please laugh at her. Please. Please people put your hands together I'm sorry you came a little late and the other two guys go up is gonna go. She's excited. She's ready everybody, Drea Myers, yeah every day!
8: Hell yeah. Who doesn't wanna follow THC breast milk? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give it up for the Pam's THC breast cheese, everybody. <laughs> <investment>. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Edible breast milk fudge, bro. That's a fucking Moneymaker, right there. Um, so, my name is Drea Myers. Um, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Pam, uh, I fucking love you, Pam. Your little fudge gifts were the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and I put it on Instagram. So, <laughs> um, has anyone in here ever heard of the male gaze? G A Z E. Not G A Y S. Not the male gaze. Talk about the male gaze. Has anybody heard of that? phenomenon um the male gaze this room full of men and two female comics the male gaze is uh what women have to deal with on a daily basis when random men just stare at us in public just everywhere we go just the post office when you're crossing the street, when you go to Target at like 11 o'clock at night just trying to buy eggs and you look behind you and there's some big fat fuck with a beer belly just standing there like. That's the male gaze. And it happens everywhere we go. It's especially prevalent here in San Francisco. Um, It happens everywhere I go. Like the other day I was just trying to parallel park and I uh, rammed into the car behind me and when I looked up, there was a random white guy just standing there like. And I was like, damn, can't even hit a parked car around here without dealing with the male gaze. You know what I'm saying? Can't even commit my petty crimes as a woman in peace without fucking being stared at. I'm not trying to have witnesses, shit. Um, So I'm a very big woman. Uh, (laughs) That's why I like to wear red to downplay it. Uh, Yeah. So I'm very tall. Um, I'm freakishly tall for a woman. Like I'm so tall that uh, one time I actually saw a guy use me as a landmark at a concert. Swear to God, it was at an Incubus concert. I was in line to get nachos and I looked up and I saw this short little fucker coming around the corner on his phone. And he was like, bro, you don't see me? I got an orange shirt on, man. All right, uh, I'm by the tall bitch. And then he was pointing at me like that. I was like, did that really just happen? That fucking shit happened to me, you guys, and now I tell it on stage, because it's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I'm from San Jose. Does anybody know about San Jose in here? You did? Where'd you go? You did? I couldn't go there, because my dad lived like three blocks away, and I was tired of getting my ass beat, so I was like, I should probably move, so I didn't go to college there. Um, But I did grow up there. If you guys don't know about San Jose, San Jose is known for two things. It's known for, it's hockey, and it's Latino population. Yes, that's what it's known for. That's where I grew up. Uh, so when I was growing up in San Jose, I actually lost my virginity to a Mexican boxer. Yeah, we went three rounds, you guys, three rounds. He got all up in the ring, but I took home the belt, you know what I'm saying? Knocked him out with this shit, is what I'm trying to say. Knocked him out with it. Uh, Actually, the first 10 men I ever hooked up with were all Mexican, you guys. One through 10, all Mexican. They were all Mexican. One (laughs) through 10, all Mexican, all of them. So ever since then, I've really loved... Mexican men like I just love them they're in my heart I fucking love them um, I think another reason I really love Mexican men is because they don't care if you're taller than them they don't give a fuck, dude. Any other man would be like embarrassed to be seen in public with me. But Mexican men, they do not give a fuck at all, dude. At fucking all, bro. You know how many short Mexicans I've dated? It's ridiculous, dude. Like freakishly short. Like one time I dated a dude named Carlos. This fool was only five five you guys five five i'm six one this fool was five five and whenever he would walk me around in public he would be like come on mommy let's go let's go like walking me around like i was a life-size fucking emmy award and shit it's like a fucking life-size trophy he'd be like proud as fuck literally puff his chest out looking like a chihuahua escorting a pit bull down the street it was like this one's with me motherfucker That shit was awkward, though, because fucking cars would, like, drive by and be like, what the fuck is that situation? It's like a big, tall bitch just holding a little motherfucker's hand. I get riled up talking about short Mexican dudes, man. I'm going to take a breath here for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say, though, when there's that much of a height difference, uh, sex has its challenges. Um, <laughs> I dated that fool for like two years, he was only 5'5", five five, I'm 6'1". Like if he wanted to hit it from behind, he would have to kneel on a stack of pillows? You guys ever try to get up in it from behind, kneel on a stack of pillows, and keep falling, you gotta keep stopping and restacking them and shit? He'd be like, go in the living room, get the couch pillows, damn! We would go to Ikea just to buy pillows, they would be like, are you redecorating? Like nah I'm redickering, bitch. is trying to get up in that thing. Shit. You know how sexually frustrated that man was for two years he could just never quite fucking reach one year for Christmas? I was like, what do you want for Christmas, babe? He was like some platform knee pads. Yeah. This is beautiful. Um <clears throat> so I've been doing comedy for a minute. Uh there was actually a whole year of my life where all I did was comedy. I didn't work. I didn't do shit. All I fucking did was comedy, bro. For an entire year, all I did was comedy. It was beautiful. I was living my best life. Uh, but unfortunately, this shit doesn't pay the bills in the beginning. Like, you can't pay your rent with drink tickets, you know what I mean? You can't fucking go get gas with laughs about dick jokes, you know what I'm saying? So I had to get a job. Um, It was really difficult. It took me like a really long time to find a job uh, because the hardest part about looking for a job is not wanting one. It's like the most difficult part of that fucking process. Like I feel like if people ever ask me how I learned to act or what my first acting gigs were in life, I'll say job interviews. Like I'd be acting my ass off in a job interview. (laughs) Like I'm in character the entire time you guys the entire time I'll I'll take it far too like I knew I was going to get this one job recently because I even dressed up for the phone interview I was like I'm not taking any fucking chances like what if they're looking through the windows shit you know what I mean um I still say really stupid shit in job interviews though because I'm a comedian so I'm like too honest so I'll fuck up and say like awkward stuff like they'll be like so what's your greatest weakness and I'm like Mm, I don't know. Sometimes I still say the word retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. And I'm working full time again though. That's why I look like shit right now. Uh, I'm working full time. Um, it's crazy though, cause I'm not slowing down on comedy. So I'll go and I'll do comedy all night and I'll go and I'll work all day. I feel like I'm like a fucked up superhero. You know what I mean? Like during the day I'm in office clothes that night, I look like this shit. Like I'm like Lois Lane as Superman and shit, you know, I was out here trying to save people with dick jokes. You know what I mean? And I feel like i got to like hide my comedy superpowers from my coworkers too. Like <clears throat> sometimes I'll write my set list like this on my arm. And then I'll forget to wash it off and I'll go to work the next day. And I gotta play it off in front of my coworkers like it's my grocery store list. Uh, but one time it just said dick sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I did like five minutes on dick sucking, wrote that shit on my arm. And then I went to work the next day. My coworker was like, What's that? I was like, I gotta pick up chicken cutlets after work. Don't worry about it. She was like, I thought you were a vegetarian. I was like, I am. But there's one kind of meat that goes in this mouth. And it's chicken, bitch, mind your business, shit. Oh man, this is dying fast. Um, <laughs> How long have I fucking been up here? Pam's just leaving me to drown myself. <laughs> Let me see. All right, I'm a pussy. It hasn't even been 10 minutes yet, okay. Uh, so I do not want to have children either, ever. Right, Pam? No kids club, right? No kids club. (laughs) I don't want to have kids. Um, it's crazy though, because whenever you tell people that you don't want to have kids, they can't just sit with that information. If they're a fucking regular basic-ass civilian, they can't just sit with it. They gotta, like, say something back. So, like, I'll tell people I don't want to have kids, and then they'll either say, one of three things. They'll either be like, oh, you just need to find the right man. Or they'll be like, you're going to change your mind about having kids when you get older. Or they'll say, it's different when they're your own. And I just feel like that's rude, right? Like I'm telling you a life decision. Why the fuck are you trying to talk me out of it, right? Like I don't talk shit about your Mazda. You know? It's also rude because I would never say those same three things to somebody that has kids. Like, what if I went over to my friend's house and she starts chasing her bratty four-year-old around and I'm just like, you see to find the right man! Or we're like watching TV and a commercial for like vaginal mesh comes on and I'm just like, oh, you're gonna change your mind about having kids when you get older. Or I go to like Target and I see some ladies like trying not to hit her kid in public and I'm like, it's different when they're your own, huh? It's fucking rude. I'll never say that. All right. That's it for me. Thank you so much. from am Myers.
4: Drea Myers, everybody. She is getting it. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yay. It's okay. I know. Imagine, imagine if it was your birthday show and what showed up was almost all the comedians and four people that you know from a bar. Just, I'm just saying, on your 44th birthday, I hope you have, I mean, and I don't know you from a bar, I know you from your life, and thank you. Yes, and the three real pe- the people I don't know, thank you for coming, thank you. No, it's 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 fine, I, 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 it, it's all about expectations, it, it's fine. If I just lower my I'm thinking I'd like to get a lobotomy so that I could just work at Starbucks and be happy about it, right? Like they're soy or milk, like just make me dumb. The problem is when you educate women, then we have expectations on our lives. Oh my God, I can't fulfill myself with a baby, what the fuck am I gonna do? Oh, stand-up comedy, that'll be fulfilling. Your next comedian, what a funny lady she is. Uh, she's also in this fun age group figuring it all out, but still hot as fuck. I mean, at least, you know, what? and sometimes I think that. Sometimes I think, you know what, thank God I'm not ugly. <laughs> because, like, then what would I do with my life? Like, at least I'd still look okay and I'm in my 40s. But that's vain and terrible. So then now, now I'm even a worse person. It's like I just can't win. I'm not likable ever. I don't know. Do you know how that is? Do you feel that way? Okay. Okay, I'm so glad that you understand the spirals of shame and self-doubt. Put your hands together for Natalie Fousey.
9: We love you. Happy birthday. You are awesome. You and your TH cheese. I do think that uh, you should think about that cheese coming out of a different orifice. But uh, anyway, we talked about this before last time. Like, "Ah, you produce that a lot easier. Anyway, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I started on such a dirty, uh, a dirty, dirty point. You know uh, what's great about? Um, I'm feeling good about this comedy-wise. I have too much material to fucking choose from. I can't decide what I want to do. So, uh, and I'm struggling with the order. So you guys are gonna help me nail that down tonight. Uh, you guys? Um, anybody here have parents that are immigrants? No one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, but did you grow up in the U.S. or did you grow up here? I mean, here or somewhere else? Sorry, in the U.S. or somewhere else? Okay, okay, good. So you can kind of relate. So uh, my parents uh, are from Egypt. And uh, it was really interesting growing up in the States with, with Egyptian parents. Uh, it was really like a dichotomy. It was, it was wonder bread outside and pita bread inside. It's totally different. Uh, when I was little, I asked my dad. I said, Daddy, how come there's a Chinatown, a Japantown, but no Egyptian town? And he said, you think Arabs can agree on one block? And I later learned it's in Detroit. It smells like green apple hookah and anger. Yeah, Arabs can't agree on anything. They only agree on one thing, which is that hummus is not an Israeli dish. It's just not, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, but you know what, I think, I think it goes further than that. You know, they just don't agree on anything. My father, um, you know, he, uh, he used to crack a lot of dirty jokes, and he was known uh, amongst all of our family friends as being super funny and likes to crack a lot of dirty jokes. And uh, he had Alzheimer's, and after he forgot my name, uh, he could still say pussy in three languages. <laughs> I used to say to my dad, I'm like, Daddy, what's up? And he'd say, nothing. That's why I go see my doctor. He was a pharmacist, and he wasn't allowed to swear at work, so when he was pissed he'd say, I'm constipated! And the, and the girls that worked there would say, yes, yes, we know you don't give a shit. <laughs> so the irony of all this is my dad was this really openly uh, dirty joke guy, but he had a double standard when it came to me, of course, and uh, my parents really wanted me to grow up and marry a nice Egyptian man and have children, and my dad said to me when I was younger, he said, Natalie, If you're not a virgin, no Egyptian will ever marry you. You understand? I'm like, yeah, so I'm single now. Single now. And you guys, I have no tattoos. No tattoos to advertise how lonely I actually am. I know that's a diss on tattoos, but you know, I actually kind of like them, but they're really permanent, you guys, (laughs) which is probably why I'm single too. Uh, Yeah, commitment issues, right? I can't pick a picture and stick to it, (laughs) right? Uh, So anyway, growing up with Egyptian parents was really interesting and uh, let's see, what was I going to do next for you guys? Um, So, but I really did, you guys, I really did dream by now. You know, I'm in in my 40s, by now I'd have stretch marks and an empty bank account. And I only have an empty bank account. (laughs) And uh, you know, in my 30s, my baby clock, it was ticking. But in my 40s, it started talking. And it had the voice of my mother. uh, (laughs) You don't have to get artificially inseminated. You know, just find a guy, don't tell him, and do it. And I'm like, oh my god, mom.
3: That's crazy.
9: That's gonna get me a couple of STDs. (laughs) Or worse yet, you know, if I really work the timing right, I might end up with two babies from two dads. Like maternal twins. If you do it right, you gotta do it a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. it. Was a funny joke, whatever. Not so funny, I guess. But anyway, I'm working on that one. Uh, yeah. So um, it didn't happen, you know. You guys, I'm gonna call out something you said today. Uh, expectations are really like assholes, you guys, right? Like everybody has one, and they just push out poo-poo, right? <laughs> that's what it is. And um, we've all had them, and now that is why uh, my baby eggs are now on consignment. They are. You can just go to Craigslist, you'll find an ad. It says, you know, rent to own overly authentic Egyptian baby. It's there. True story. Uh, yeah, so, but dating in San Francisco overall has just been really hard, right? I mean, that's what, that's the predicament that's, that's gotten me into this situation. Uh, one of these things is there's a lot of guys uh, kind of like you, but longer, are sporting these really long beards. You know what I'm talking about? Like the hipster beard? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, like I've just been wondering. It's not a deal breaker. I'm just not that into it. And I'm just wondering, like are men lamenting the loss of pussy hair so much so that they're growing it on their faces? (laughs) Because I'm just wondering, like pussy hair is like a fetish now. It's like completely missing. Like if you want to find it in porn, you have to do a special search, right? For like Armenian or Persian rug. Like since when does porn support anything that's natural, right? You're not gonna see it, right? Uh, I've just, I've, I've watched this happen. I'm a child of the 70s. We have a special heart place in our heart for pussy hair. I've watched this happen and I've, I've given it a name. I've called it the decline of Bush and the rise of stash. Cause it just seems like hair wants to be at the party somehow, right? It just seems like an economics theory. Uh, I, uh, I, I, it's just like, as bushes keep getting shorter, hedges keep getting longer and I've said this joke and sometimes I get a look from a guy like "Ooh, pussy hair that's so gross and I'm like yeah you know I can relate I can relate I can put myself on the other side the the same way I feel about men with beards it's like I hate that feeling a rug burn on my face all the time and and my hair trimmer is going missing I just don't like that you guys that's an oral sex joke you got it right Okay, because you know, uh, if you're not going down on on pussy enough, I can help you out with that. There's some tips. You, how many of you guys smoke pot in here? All right, we were all. You guys are eating and smoking it right in here. Yeah, you can walk down to your medicinal marijuana spot and pick this up. I call this cannabis for cunnilingus. It's a pussy spray, essentially. That's my name for it. You spray it on your pussy. Your pussy gets a little excited. Feels really good and it has a lot of benefits. Number one, no skills necessary, you guys. No skills necessary. And for the two women in here, no more rolling your eyes and trying to bear through it when that guy's really, when the guy kinda sucks at it. Like, now, anything feels good, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can just say, scream, suck harder. He's gonna think you're complimenting him, but in reality, you're complaining about all the last times, but finally it feels good, right? You know, the next thing is, when he goes out on you, he's going to get a little high. So, what are you doing? You're turning your pussy into the munchie. Your pussy's the munchie. Just when he gets a little bored, pass down some Krispy Kreme's, maybe his Togo sandwich, keep him down there a little bit longer. And you know what? Hey, he's going to be high. He's not going to be noticing that he's flossing his teeth. You don't need to worry about those Brazilians getting those Brazilians, right? I mean, they're overpriced and insane, and I'm not talking about the country, or maybe I am. (laughs) Yeah, um, expectations really suck, and uh, getting to this age bracket, I'm definitely uh, starting to feel this, like, I'm, well, not definitely starting. I am feeling this midlife crisis. Um, It's been pretty tough, and um, I'm having a hard time. I'm thinking about, I have ADD, right, so I'm always dreading deadlines. And I've basically missed every deadline. I've, I've, missed, I've missed every rite of passage that my, own, my friends have made. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, wow, I probably should have done that stuff. Uh, I, I, missed, I missed marrying the wrong person. Uh, I missed saving a marriage with polyamory. That sounds fucking fun. <laughs> I've missed divorce by arbitration. I mean, that emotional immaturity, oh my God, I never had to experience this, you guys. I close my eyes and I think, oh, you're not that old. You can still achieve some of these things, like winning a house in a divorce. (laughs) It's not that late. I know know that joke sounds kind of like harsh, like I'm a gold digging whore or something, but it's not true. I just look at my divorce friends and they're so happy. It's like, why are, if divorce is so bad, why are they so much happier than I am? And I think it comes back to the fact that, like I said, expectations are like assholes. We all have them. They always push out poo-poo and divorce people. They took the biggest laxative of their life and there's no shit left, <laughs> right? Right, so everything's hunky-dory to them, right? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's possible. Uh, let's see, I was gonna tell you guys, oops, look at that. Pam, don't look at my ass. Um, just kidding, uh, let's see. So anyway, uh, I wanted to tell you guys, I can't even read my own hand line, I already did all this, wow. So here's something that's really hard about getting, how many of you guys are over 40? Couple people, I think you can totally relate to this, over 40. You know, I, didn't, I feel great, like I don't feel, I don't feel like I go to the gym, I keep up with all the young people, and then, and then I just walk into a Walgreens and pick up a power bar, and I go to read the label, and I'm like, "Fuck! I'm old. <laughs> I cannot see. You guys. It's just like one day you can see, and the next day you can't. It's just so permanent and weird." And I, you know, I went, I went on a date with a guy, and um, I, I'll never do this again. I, I pulled out my reading glasses, and I swear I overheard him tell he was younger than me. Of course, so that was Robin the Crater. Uh, he said he was getting seduced by a cougar librarian. In a, in a push up bra, right? So I was like, all right, never, never bringing out those glasses again. I don't want to blow my cover, right? I haven't ordered anything off a drink menu in like two years, <laughs> right? I just go, yeah, yeah, whatever he's having. Sure, yeah, yeah, you know. I just play like I'm easy. But the reality is, I don't want you guys to know I can't see. Uh, but I really thought about this because I, you know, I thought I was, I don't think that us are near, losing our sight as we get older, this nearsighted thing. I don't think this is any sort of. Um, coincidence. I think mother nature knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. She's trying to protect us, you guys. She doesn't want you to see your skin tags and your varicose veins and your wrinkles. She's trying to protect you because she knows how shitty that's gonna make you feel. She wants you to think about how you feel inside, not how you look on the outside, right? She's protecting you. I mean, I can tell you, I know this for a fact because I was crying at the gym when I was on the leg press machine and I spotted my first, my first gray pubic hair. I start crying guys, that just, first of all, I had no business looking for that, nor did I have business wearing short shorts, but no business looking for that. She didn't want me to see that. I think all mirrors should come with warnings, right? Every mirror should come with a warning. The box should say, caution, may exasperate midlife crisis. You no know, objects in mirror are even, or appear, or wait, wait, objects in mirror are even older than they appear. I always get that one wrong. But yeah, right? Don't you agree? I think mirrors are the problem. It's all about vanity when you get older. It's like, you know, you, you can't, it's hard to watch yourself grow old, and it's hard to see. Think about it. It's not on purpose. You know, it's totally on purpose to protect you. She's trying to protect us. Let me just tell you how bad this, this vision problem has gotten for me, you guys. I can't see my own nipple hair. I can't see my own nipple hair. This is, this is when it really hit me. And you know, you can feel them. And let me, just, let me just clarify, you know, I'm not talking about hair that comes out of your nipple. I'm talking about the hair that, just a few hairs. You have nipple hair. Yeah, and we have no other women to support us to say that, that you guys have dated women with nipple hair. You don't, you, pull, you know, they didn't kind of whisker around your n- nose when you were sucking a nipple. Well, okay, no. No women, oh, well, okay, well. I don't know how to react to that. I'm sure there's some very vain gay men that probably pluck out their nipple hair as well. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, but anyway, this nipple hair thing has, has driven me crazy because it's so, it's so hard to keep up with your like basic um, handling of looking good, right? I don't want. I'm dating younger guys, like I said. They can see. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to see this on me. And I'm like, where is nipple hair? Why is it even there? I'm thinking. I think God put it there so that babies could find your nipple in the dark. Just like, why is this here? So uh, let me just talk to you about how horrible uh, this experience is for me. So I just, you know, it's supposed to be just your normal nipple hair day, plucking day, you know. And I just went to clean up, and I could feel the hair. How do I do this? Uh, I could feel the hair. Oh jeez. Okay. And uh, so. Oh jeez. Yeah. So I went. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm calling for your friend. Jesus Christ. He didn't save me. Um, so anyway, so you know, have you ever gone? You, have Pan, you've tried to pluck pluck your own nipple hair, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know the drill, right? Grab the tit, tit, one tit in hand. Right? get your tweezers. You go in and you just, you know, they're very fine. You have nipple hair. You, like right, that. right, and you know how it feels. You haven't, well, you, oh well. But you don't need to pluck them, right? Women women are worried about, you know, their vanity. They want to take a little, you know, they want to stay clean. But when you can't fucking see, it's a problem. So I grab my tit, grab the tweezers, and I'm here, I'm like, oh wait, I can't see the end of I can't see the end of it. And, and I'm moving my tip out and down, I'm like, I feel like a porn star going in for that fictitious nipple lick. Why is that sexy, you guys? And she's like, she can't lick her fucking nipple. Why is she trying to reach for it anyway? Side and aside, you know. Here I am, you know, and I'm still can it. And I'm thinking, Natalie, see, you fucked up. If you'd only had a baby, your tits would reach.
6: <laughs>
9: Who knew that there'd be a downside to perky breasts, right? Who knew? So here I are again, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is just, I can't get this. So I went for the old lady reading glasses, put those on, and then it's like trying to adjust the reading glasses with the tweezers, with the tit, with the tweezers, with the tit, and the needed No clearance for the tweezers. and I'm like, fuck. Finally, I just kind of like went for it. I went for it, and then... I really did some damage and I thought, oh, thank God I never got implants. I think I'd have silicone dripping down my legs, right? Anyway, I mean, the point is I'm thinking, well, how am I going to do this? What's the solution? This is so frustrating. I mean, and I thought, oh, I guess I could post this as like a project on TaskRabbit, like a biannual or bi-monthly like nipple plucking, you know, party at my house. And, but then I thought, no, not even my own eyebrow lady won't touch my nipple hair. <laughs> So i like, that's not gonna work. And then I, and then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I guess this is a reason for me to just stock up on cannabis for cunnilingus, leave them grow, and become a lesbian. But I'm not still good there. I'm not there yet, but I'm thinking that might be the only solution to this nipple hair problem. What do you guys think? Anything else? You could braid them. Yeah. That long. They're not that long. How long are yours? Oh, uh, it seems to be like a inch. Who would you have who would you have plucked them if you no longer could see them? I don't know how old you are, but I can't see my nipple hair anymore. I don't know. I might have let it go that Maybe a sister? Really? Yeah. I don't have I don't have one of those. Mobile a mobile service? yeah so I don't know I mean maybe I could find maybe i will i'm gonna post that on TaskRabbit and then I'm just gonna do a comedy set reading all the bids that people <laughs> put in on doing this. oh yeah, I'll take care of it for you. I have no problem with it, no problem at all yeah you know whatever Can i do I, should i should I get off or what? what how much i i don't, I don't know. oh wow, okay, I'll just tell you one other thing so you know vanity's a big deal you guys and i i uh i I went online and i um I fell for this like uh, face yoga program. <laughs> Basically, you do yoga with your face, which is supposed to reverse your wrinkles. Uh, you're essentially like resisting your face as if there's weights in your face. It's kind of ridiculous. And I found myself—I'm not kidding you. I found myself in this pose, you know, like the uh huh, uh huh, what the fuck are you? Doing? <laughs> Just get the goddamn Botox. There's no shame in it. Just do it. And I went to shop for Botox. That was the next step. And here I am on. And where my fi- Where do I find myself shopping? On Groupon, guys. On Groupon. And I really don't think we should be buying cosmetic you know, procedures that affect your entire life on Groupon. That's like buying condoms at the dollar store, right? Like, I wouldn't recommend it, right? So this, is, this vanity thing has gotten really crazy, and I've done a lot of research, and one of the other things, uh, I, I, I read a lot of science, and I'm like, oh, how can I get better? And I came across this drug uh, that um, cures the over-curvature of a penis. Did you guys know this existed? Uh, I don't know, sideways anyways. <laughs> And I was like, oh, crooked dick? I was like, I didn't know that existed. That just sounds like a euphemism for Harvey Weinstein, you guys. (laughs) And then I read a little further, and it turns out this is like a miracle drug. Basically, when injected into the asses of women, it also cures cellulite. It makes a lot of sense, right? Because, you know, that's what it is. The dimple, the, the connections that make the dimples make the dick curve oh my God, we can share the same drug, men and women, for once in terms of beauty and sex and all these things, in that sort of genre of drugs. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm like, sign me up. But then I was a little worried about the side effects, you guys. A higher paycheck, maybe? No sense of direction or less sense of a direction, maybe, you know, you know, you start sticking guy stuff in my ass. Who knows what's gonna happen? But I'd honestly get rid of cellulite and stick with Google Maps and I'd be okay with that. Right? Anyway, all right, I'm gonna leave you guys. Thank you very much. I'm Natalie Fowsey it was fun.
4: Well, yeah. Natalie Fowzi, yay! She was very funny, yay! Uh, clap for all your comedians tonight. John Reinhardt, Max Moawad,ine Drea Myers. She left. Natalie Fowzi, uh, and thank you guys for coming and showing up. And um, and how did you guys hear about it? Meetup. Oh my God, I've never even put anything on Meetup. So that's magical. You found out from something I didn't even do. That's what. Well, thank you guys all for coming to Pam Jackson's Comedy Clubhouse. Come any other Friday, every Friday. We do this every Friday, and it's uh, a lot of fun. And I try not to have a nervous breakdown every Friday, but usually it happens. Uh, Thanks for coming. Everybody have a good night. Yay!
7: Hey, you, Niras Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, ten to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station, and it's all about service.
6: I flourish, we find our common friend.
10: But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. The laugh en your touchy. save your life. Cause you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> what could it be?
4: It's exactly what you think it is. Flat, black, plastic
1: Hey, comedy fans, don't miss Comedy Day Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park. Noon till 5. It's free! You'll see 44 or more comedians. 44 comedians, 5 hours. That's over eight and a half comedians an hour. That's silly. Ever see a half a comedian? Yes, a half-wit. Not funny, but Comedy Day will be a guaranteed laugh a minute. Let's see, a laugh a minute times 5 hours. That's 300 jokes. That's a lot of jokes, folks. <laughs> So why are these people laughing? I don't know. Maybe because they know Comedy Day will be better than the shoelaces of Madagascar exhibit. Better than the Paperweight weighers of the World Convention. Better even than the Alien Sheep Herding Contest. And speaking of herding, heard any good ones lately? Okay, not funny again, but Comedy Day will be. Don't miss punchlines like these. A frog in a blunder In your hat. To keep his pants up. Comedy Day is worth the price of admission because it's free. Nothing to buy. No operators waiting for your call. Void. We're prohibited by law. Comedy Day. Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Medal in Golden Gate Park. It's free. Visit comedyday.org for complete details.
3: Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30 seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun. Theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door and promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now.
2: to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she me. I I feel so lucky. Oh. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be...
4: 4 nine and nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You R-O-X-I-E.com today for showtimes and tickets hey,
6: through
10: over forty four else because people are animals
11: everyone's dietary needs.
10: They don't have meat. Rainbow
5: testing three nine seven three five four three nine six oh nine nine four one one zero eight this is fun you know I hello hello is it you I'm looking for that's okay i i don't need i don't need I don't need a mic I just want to sing a song for Miss...
11: 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies and yes. gentlemen, Angelo How long? Alimenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the Hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? Prison time is always long.